please welcome undefeated professional boxer, entertainer, and Subway spokesperson, Layla Ali, as she delivers the most famous words in motorsports. All right, gentlemen, start your engine! Welcome into another edition of the Upspeed Podcast. Tyler Head, Dalton Mullinex, with you as always. Recapping the weekend at Phoenix for NASCAR and for the second week in a row, William Byron visits Victory Lane uh, for the 24 team and Hendrick Motorsports. And um, as we're recording this on Wednesday, that victory is not as joyous as it was on Sunday afternoon. But regardless, William Byron does have two wins on the season. They can't take that away from him. And he is solidly locked into the playoffs. That's, that's the good news of what we've learned in the past couple of days. That's about it. Yeah. Um, the bad news being that the entire Hendrick Motorsports team was fined and docked 100 driver's points each, with the exception of the nine team, because obviously Chase Elliott is still out. But William Byron, Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman all fined 100 driver's points for Hendrick Motorsports messing with the hood louvers. Um, and that came up in practice on Friday where NASCAR saw something they didn't like. They took the louvers that were on the cars and, and Kyle Larson was like a half second faster than everybody on Friday during practice. They take these louvers, put stock ones in these cars. Kyle Larson still goes out and sits on the pole on Saturday. So it clearly didn't kill his speed. And then obviously William Byron ends up winning the race on Sunday, but they've done the thing you're not supposed to do with the next gen car. They tampered with a single source part and as we saw last year with RFK Racing, NASCAR does not play around. They dropped the hammer on Hendrick Motorsports today. Well, and, and that's the thing is <clears throat> these teams know, you know, part these spec parts. And I was watching Race Hub a little bit earlier. or saw a clip of it on Twitter. And Larry McReynolds said there's like 30-some-odd spec parts yep. uh, on these cars. And the Louvers are one of them. And, you know, they tell you. Do not in any way, shape, or form modify any of these spec parts. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those, it's like, I don't, obviously we don't know what they were trying to do, um, what they changed, how they changed it, you know, what they thought they would get out of it. But I've got to feel like, I mean, somebody's got to be kicking them. I mean, first off, for all four of them to do it. Yeah. Okay. You know, if you're going to do it, why would you just do it on, on Josh Berry's car? Right. You know, but the fact you did it on all four of them, you know, and all four were found to be modified yep. and that penalized three of the four. And like you said, you know, like William Byron has has two wins this season. Wow, that's great. You know, early mm -hmm. season success. When you dock those 10 playoff points, he's back to zero. Yep. You know, so it's, it's like I mean, it's like he has no wins on the season, but he's guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. Yeah, so the and this is where it kind of gets confusing because the illegal louvers were not on his car during the race on Sunday. His car was completely legal during the race. But again, this goes back to them being on the car at some point, which was practice on Friday. And that's what NASCAR had a problem with. So, yes, while his two wins these past two weekends still count, all the playoff points he gained from the win itself, wins itself, um, are completely gone and with the 100 point penalty and, and you look at Alex Bowman as the perfect example after this weekend he was leading the points 
He was the only guy in the cup series with four straight top tens to start the season. Now he's 23rd in points and that hundred point penalty is significant. Now there is an opportunity for, you know, and obviously Chase Elliott's going to be out for several weeks. We knew he wasn't going to have a chance to get into the top 10 anyway, but when you look at Larson Bowman and uh, William Byron, maybe they could sneak into the back half of the top 10 by the end of the regular season. But if you're talking about trying to win the regular season championship, maybe finish second or third, that's still worth 10 and eight playoff points respectively after Daytona. Like that's completely out the window. And we obviously saw how important those extra bonus points were for Chase Elliott last year, who ended up having a pretty mediocre playoffs, but still making the, uh, the final four. So not only have you cost yourself the current playoff points that you have right now, you've cost yourself the potential for future playoff points for where you would have finished in the regular season standings too. Yeah. Well, and there's a, obviously this is a, a, I saw somebody refer to it as a scandal. I was like, this is not a scandal. It, it it's it's cheating. I mean, at the end of the day, it's cheating. Yeah. You know, and, and they they've said that they're going to appeal. Um, you know the the penalty they're gonna they are gonna have all four of the crew chiefs miss this weekend at Atlanta. Uh, yeah. Go ahead and serve that penalty, but they are trying to you know, but like you said, like NASCAR set the precedent last year with Brad Keselowski. Yep. And, same thing you know you could say oh well you know these parts weren't right so we touch it doesn't matter right you know and i think too like you know and i would i would love to like ask william Byron, what do you think because if it's me i'm driving that car i'm pissed yep especially if he didn't know about it look obviously the the engineers the the crew chiefs you know everybody that um you know all the men and women that work on those cars the goal is to make the car as fast as possible yes okay so you want to push the limit, you know, you want to be able to push that limit and, but doing something that you know is wrong, that ends up cost. I mean, like, look, I mean, look, we've got a long ways to go this season, sure. but what if this was, you know, what if William Byron gets to Martinsville in November and is like 10 points short of advancing the championship four and he goes and wins Phoenix the next week. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, like, this has this has huge ramifications for the rest of the season because, like you said, you know, Alex Bowman dropped from the points leader yeah. all about top twenty. You know, you look at a guy like William Byron. Maybe this changes the way they race. Maybe they, you know, um, I know road courses they're 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 different this year in the way that we're not gonna have cautions. But like, you know. Maybe they don't. Maybe they try to run long at some places to try to get stage points. Maybe they're more forced because they're trying to make up that 100 point buffer. I mean, who knows? It, it, it truly will change the rest of all three of those drivers' seasons. And Hendrick Motorsports as a whole has had such a great start to the season from a momentum standpoint. Obviously, Byron with the two wins these past two weeks, and Kyle Larson could have easily won both these races too if. For not for um you know some late cautions there um you know they had all they had three of the four cars in the top um uh five last week at las vegas and you know josh barry had his problems or whatever so so the team as a whole is running so good right now and i think back to last year when denny hamlin had his win at pocono taken away and he didn't race 
nearly as well down the stretch for the rest of the season, ended up coming up just short of making the final four. Think back to 2017 when Joe Logano won at Richmond and had it taken away. Like uh, now had the wins still counted, but they took the playoff points away in the playoff eligibility. He didn't win another race for the rest of the season and missed the playoffs. So like these kind of significant hits, you know, RFK racing, you know, last year is a little bit different for them because it was their first year under the new operation and stuff. And yes, you know, Chris Busher did end up winning at Bristol later on in the year, but they missed the playoffs. And that 100-point penalty was a part of that. So I'm interested to see how it affects the morale of Hendrick Motorsports going forward, because this is a huge blow, not just to one car, but to all four of them. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, from the outside looking in, again, if I was if I was one of those drivers, I'd be pissed. Yeah. You know, especially, if, you know, but if 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 um, Rudy Fugel came over there to William Byron's, like, look, dude, we're going to adjust these. Are you game? Oh, I'm game. Yeah. Then, then maybe you're not bad. You, you know, it's just it's one of those you got caught, and now you got to pay the consequences. And and again, I mean, you know, maybe the drivers look at it as they were trying to get the speed out of the car, most speed out of the car they could. Maybe they maybe they take it a completely different way than again. Like, I I I just I'm ne- like obviously Hendrick Motorsports is my team, but like it's just disappointing. Like, don't cheat. That's right. what it is. It's cheating. And again, I don't care if. I don't care if if you say, well, well, these haven't been right for a while. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It is cut and dry what the rule is for NASCAR. You do not modify these pieces. Yeah, and and going back to the RFK penalty last year, I think you know NASCAR wanted to set a precedent with that penalty, and you know everybody kind of minded their manners after that for the rest of the season. It seemed like, and you know, I did see some people debating earlier on in the week. Um, you know, what they were going to do with Hendrick Motorsports. And there was kind of this um, assumption that, oh, you know, NASCAR is going to go easy on Hendrick Motorsports. You know, they're, they're you know, in, you know, in NASCAR's back pocket with its Garage 56 thing, they're not going to come down on them hard. I had a feeling they were going to come down on them hard the entire time. And I feel like that more than the RFK thing will be a big wake up call to the entire garage area. Like, oh, they're serious. Even Hendrick Motorsports is getting hit with the maximum penalty here. Like we best not play around. And, you know, I, I understand it from a crew chief and an engineer perspective that you're doing everything you can to gain any kind of advantage on the racetrack, but it's like, okay, is the 10th of a second that we're gaining by doing something to these louvers potentially worth a hundred points and 10 playoff points? Like you got to weigh your options at some point. Well, and, and I think because I, I even texted you today when I saw I was I was um, pulled into work and was checking my phone before I went inside today and I saw the penalty and I was like I texted you and I was like wow they re- NASCAR really stuck because I look Hendrick Motorsports is the premier they're the Yankees of NASCAR yes you know they're the Lakers of the NBA you know it's like you they're premier yep. and um, I I didn't think they would do it. I really didn't. I thought that they would come up with some canned statement of, oh, my gosh, we bent to them when we took them off. That's our fault. Gee whiz. Right. <laughs> but kudos to them. I mean, that's the thing is, is no one no one should be above the rules. Yeah. No, absolutely. And again, we're both injured motorsports fans here. Yeah. I don't like seeing my team get hit with this kind of penalty. But I understand at the end of the day, it's like, look, pretty cut, cut and dry. They don't want you messing with this. And when you do, you're going to pay the price. Yeah, and that's what, like, for me, again, as a fan, it's just disappointing. Like, you know, it's just because it, it's it, it's not to this level by any stretch of the imagination. But one of the first things I thought of 
was the way the Astros cheated. Mm-hmm. Oh, with the whole banging the the trash can and stuff. And it's like, yeah. how long has this been going on for? Right. You know, was this something that they started this week at Phoenix? You know, did it go all the way back? Is that why Chase Elliott had a monster year last year? Right. You know, well, and, and you just set yourself up to constantly be under a microscope and to be questioned. And, and again, like you said, what this could potentially do, you know, down the road from now, like it did to Joey Logano and Denny Hamlin, two guys that were championship caliber drivers. We yeah. don't know. Only time will tell, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's just, again, the only word I really have to describe, just disappointing. Yeah, well, what four cars do you think are going to be looked at the closest this weekend in oh, Atlanta? Well, and then it, it, and that's the thing. It's just you open yourself up for, I don't want to say gossip, but it's like gossip, you know? Because, I mean, people will be, oh, I bet they're over there cheating again. You know, it just <laughs> it, just an awkward, bad spot to be in. Yeah. Now, Andrew Motorsports is appealing the penalty and – I feel like there's a chance maybe the money fine goes down a little bit or something like that, but I don't see any, either of these points fines being reduced whatsoever. No. So uh, that wasn't the only penalty that happened. Uh, We also got, um, so Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain had this run in at the end of the race where, and, and the TV cameras didn't really catch it, but Denny Hamlin just pretty much door Ross Chastain into the wall and they ended up finishing 23rd and 24th. Um, now, of course they had their budding rivalry going on last season, but Denny went on actions detrimental this week and basically said, yeah, I intentionally drove him into the wall because, you know, like I did this completely on purpose and NASCAR was like, Oh really? Well, we're going to take 25 driver points from you too. And it's like, you know, to a degree, I get it, but at the same time, like, and a lot of people were comparing it to the Bubba situation at um, Las Vegas last year. I'm like, wait a minute, there's a big difference between hooking somebody at an intermediate track going 180 and dooring someone at a short track. Like, it's not, this is apples to oranges here. Now, was Denny smart for outright admitting that he did it on purpose? No, not necessarily. Um but I, I feel like this was a little bit petty on NASCAR's part with saying, oh, okay, well, we're just going to go ahead and dock you some points then. So I, I agree with everything you just said. And I hate that I'm about to admit, admit this, but Denny Hamlin is growing on me. Yeah. His podcast, his honesty, I'm here for it. Yeah. And I loved his tweet today when he said, you know, they came out with the penalty, blah, blah, blah. He said, wait till next week's episode. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's doubling down. And that's the thing is like, you know, I wonder if at some point talking about like penalizing the team, you yeah. know, I wonder if his crew chief, Chris Gayparts, like, bro, we're running for a championship this year. You got to cut this out. Like, I get you're having fun, but like you got to cut this out or, or maybe Joe Gibbs has to step in. Well, there's a reason he called his podcast Actions Detrimental because he's somebody that over the years has been subject to a lot of these fines that NASCAR uses the phrase Actions Detrimental to Stock Car Racing, which is exactly what was in the ruling for his penalty today. So in a sense, he paid $50,000 to advertise for his own podcast. Oh, he'll he'll make the money back. He'll be fine. Look, for one thing, these drivers don't pay these penalties. The teams do. You you think... um, you know, William Byron or Rudy Fugel are shelling out $100,000 of their own money? Absolutely not. Engine Motorsports sends it over to the payroll team. They get it taken care of. Mm-hmm. 
So that that's not a concern at all. But uh, quite a quite an interesting Wednesday for penalties. The 31 team and Justin Haley were also hit for this Luber penalty as well. It wasn't just Hendrick Motorsports. So uh, Justin Haley currently has negative 40 points on the season right now, running 49 49th in points this year. Yeah. So that's more, you know, based on where he runs, that's more than a full race worth of points that he's trying to make up. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, 31 teams going to need to win to get into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, back to the race itself on Sunday. Outside of all the penalties and stuff like that, we did get to see the first look at the new short track road course rules package with the smaller spoiler, the less downforce underneath the car. And I'd say there was a mostly noticeable difference in the racing it wasn't a barn burner it wasn't this oh my god they're three and four wide and making all these passes and stuff like that you could tell they were sliding around we did see some decent battles throughout the field i just think phoenix is probably the worst first track to try this at because even a good phoenix race doesn't look all that different from a bad one right right so you know it's not a great barometer, and I saw a lot of people up in arms. Like, oh, it clearly doesn't work. Clearly doesn't work. Let's pump the brakes on this a little bit. Give it a few weeks. We're going to go to Richmond. We're going to go to Martinsville. Obviously, we're going to go to Coda here in just over a week. Like, we're getting the opportunity to see this at a couple of different places, more racy, more indicative to where it might translate other places. So, for Phoenix, I'm going to continue holding out because I just don't think we're going to get a good answer out of there. Well, I think one of the most telling things, and, and I do think it was a positive improvement over both of last year's races, um, but I think one of the more telling things was the drivers getting out of the car and being like, holy crap, that's a handful. Yeah. You know, it, it, that's, you know, the drivers want that challenge. Yeah. You know, to manhandle the car and to put the car where you want it and do things with the car that you want it to. Um, so, again, I think that's a step in the right direction. But like you said, until we get to, to Richmond, to Martinsville, a couple of road courses, that's the point where we'll start to really understand where we are with this and, and what other changes need to be made. Look, we make Martinsville in, in a handful of races and be like, wow, that was the best Martinsville race of all time. Yep. It could be as garbage as they were last year. We yep. just we don't know yet. We, we yep. really don't. And that's the weird place that NASCAR is in right now because Las Vegas wasn't that great of an intermediate track. Again, Phoenix was better, um, you know, than it was last year, but that's not saying a whole lot. So we're going to go to Atlanta this weekend, which is a super speedway. So we're just kind of in this weird holding pattern for both intermediates and true short tracks where it's like, okay, we really don't know what this is going to look like going forward. I hope it's better. I hope it improves. But as of right now, we don't have a solid answer on it. Jeremy. Okay. No, you're back. You're back now. Okay. Um, I was just saying um, we're kind of in a weird holding pattern with intermediates and short tracks where we don't exactly know if it's good or bad or not. And we still have to wait a few weeks. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that too, I mean, you look at, you know, last year we talked about, Oh, the parody throughout the sport. Well, that's kind of gone out the window, yeah. you know, this, I mean, the, the, the top teams are performing at the highest level. Um, your mid and, and back marker teams, that's where they're finishing the races uh, yeah. for the part. So I think that, you know, again, as these teams figure these cars out more, there are going to be more changes that are going to have to be made because 
if you perfect the car, then, you know, that's, there's no other real option to, you can't change the track, right. you know, so I, I think that you just have to, you know, it, and again, we're in year two of this car. Yep. You know, it's not, it's not like we're, you know, in, in year seven or eight, we're still trying to figure it out. If we get to that point, we've got some serious issues. Yeah, and I think Kevin Harvick said it best on Sirius XM the other week. He said, to be honest with you, you're just going to have to keep changing this constantly to keep these guys on their toes because we saw for you know an entire season last year where everything was new and everything was um, completely different from what it was the year before. We got that parity. We got that great racing. Again, you gave these teams a full 36 race season and an off season to perfect this stuff. That's why we saw the race that we saw at Las Vegas. You know, if we end up having snoozers at a couple of these other intermediate tracks, that's probably the reason why, because they just dialed these cars in so much because they've learned so much in a short period of time. Um, these guys are smart. They're engineers. They got degrees and all that stuff for a reason because they're good at this. And, uh, you know, NASCAR is going to have to keep moving things around and keeping them on their toes. The only problem is, you know, the teams don't want to pay for new, you know, new spoilers and new splitters and whatever it may be. Um, you know, NASCAR went the cheaper route with the short track package by saying, okay, you know, we're just going to take this one piece off the front of the spoiler and take some things off the bottom of the diffuser. So you're not buying new things, but if you're talking about having to change the package four or five times over the next three or four seasons, it's not going to be that simple. Right. Right. And that's the thing. Money makes the world go around. It does in NASCAR too. Absolutely. You know, they push back on, on things that they don't think are going to work. I mean, one of the things that, that was an issue last year that, that will probably be an issue again this year that I don't know if it'd be an easy fix, a cheap fix, but it, the, the width of the tire. Yeah. You know, that, that keeps that, that, that is the number one thing you hear from, you know, people in the industry that know, you know, what's the biggest issue with these short tracks and road courses? Well, it's a huge tire yeah. and they're trying to grip, you know? So I, you know, I don't know how easy that would be. Uh, to go to a narrower tire, um, but that may be what's next. I mean, who knows? Well, I can tell you one thing. There's no way to have a narrower tire with the way the next-gen car is. Like, there's a reason that tire is so big. It's because it fits what the car is made for. Um, Denny did mention on Action's Detrimental the other week that NASCAR is at least floating the idea of groove tires out there. Um, which, you know, you kind of think of like a radial tire on your car where you kind of have these seams in the middle of it that aren't touching the road, just essentially creating grooves in it um, to where you still have this wide tire, but you have less of a contact patch, which in turn makes them more unstable, a little bit harder to drive and would wear from there um, as well. So that's certainly an option. I don't know at one point NASCAR would look into that. Look, we know they're not going to add more horsepower, so we have to look at other avenues of trying to figure this out right so um quickly before we move on to anything else i do want to you know acknowledge kevin harvick's run on sunday and you know it's been an interesting past couple of years for him winless in 2021 winless for most of last season until he popped off the two wins back to back at um you know richmond and michigan just for the playoffs last year and going into this year, you didn't really know what to think. The Ford seemed to be really, really down. Harvick, it's, it's his retirement year. A lot of these guys that have had retirement years usually don't go out on top. But he looked like old school Kevin Harvick on Sunday as he ran uh, uh, Kyle Larson down. If it hadn't been for that late, um, late caution flag there, he probably would have won the race. Yeah. 
And I think, too, like, shout out to him. Like, 20 consecutive top 10 finishes at Phoenix. That's nuts. Yep. That's just that, – that's – obviously, I know he's won there a million times, but it's just – it's amazing. The consistency throughout different cars, different rules packages, different – you know, everything, how he's still continuing to do that. I mean, it's just – it's crazy. Yep. Uh, well, he's on the way out. Another guy's on his way in climbing up the rankings or climbing up the ladder, and that is uh, Sammy Smith down in the Xfinity Series, picking up his first win in the 18 car on Saturday afternoon at uh, Phoenix. And, you know, he went out there and he beat Kyle Busch. And that's yeah. kind of the mark that a lot of these guys that you see in the Cup Series now, the Chase Elliott's, the Ryan Blaney's, you know, they went out there and were able to go head-to-head these Cup Series guys and win when they were down in the Xfinity Series. And, uh, you know, that's exactly what Sammy Smith did on Saturday. Well, I think something else you look at is, you know, he's a young dude, okay? trying to find his way in the sport but you know sometimes sometimes these young guys get in top flight equipment just flat out don't win yep you know they whether it be in the, the truck series the xfinity series or even the cup series at times and you know nascar is about a, what have you done for me lately sport you know and, and these owners want to see um you know what what these young kids can do and um you know for for a dude like sammy smith i mean you look at him and you know, where does he fit in, you know, over the next few years, probably still right where he's at in the Xfinity series, but who, I mean, I didn't think Ty Gibbs would move up as fast as he did. Obviously a lot went into that, but, um, you know, look, if you find the right situation, you, you move up quickly, anything can happen. Well, and he has the backing of pilot flying Jay as well. So he certainly brings money to the table. So when Denny Hamlin's ready to start that third or fourth team, I feel like Sammy's yep. name is probably going to be pretty high on that list. Well, I one one of them I thought of too, which is he a Toyota driver? Um, that I don't know because he didn't come up through KBM in the Truck Series or anything like that. So I think he's just more of a Gibbs guy. Well, and that was kind of my thinking is is um, with the with the pilot, you know, their relationship with JRM and stuff. Yep. It'd potentially be a cut move there, you know, if he were to, you know, down the line, obviously. But regardless, sure. he drove a really good race there in that yes. final stretch to to hold off Kyle Busch. And again, that Kyle Busch is the man mark. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you base it off of what Kyle does. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting to see um how he progresses. And, and, you know, him and funny enough, the other Smith, Chandler Smith, are two guys that have impressed really well to start the season yeah. here. Um, you know, Chandler Smith very well should have won Las Vegas a couple weeks ago and got beat by Austin Hill in the last lap there. But, you know, he's in both of those instances and on Saturday as well. Um, you know, he's outrunning the likes of Kyle Bush and stuff. Um, now he and Kyle ended up tangling on the last lap there. That probably wasn't very smart on Chandler Smith's uh, uh, part. But, you know, we're seeing a new crop of Xfinity Series guys that are stepping up to the plate. Yeah. This weekend is Atlanta Motor Speedway, all three series in action as we get the second year of the Super Speedway version of Atlanta Motor Speedway. Are you going to be at all three of these this weekend? Uh, No, I I have some stuff I got to do Saturday, so I'll be there Saturday. Okay. Um, okay, one change for this weekend is they are moving the entrance to Pit Road and the commitment line to the entrance of turn number three. Um, which I think is smart. Now, I don't believe in either race last year we ever saw green flag pit stops. 
because the frequency of cautions, but this is a smart move on NASCAR's part, because if we do see green flag pit stops, there's no, you know, Daytona and Talladega, you have these huge apron runoff areas where guys can peel off and get slowed down to pit road speed. You don't really have that at Atlanta if you're running in a ginormous pack. And I think NASCAR is being proactive and trying to prevent some huge pile up when, you know, the Chevys try and pit in the middle of a green flag cycle or something like that. Um, but man, if you have to do a pass through penalty this weekend, because you got to drive pit road speed all the way around the apron of three and four then all the way down pit road you're talking about going two, maybe three laps down so are they are they gonna have um some kind of timer out there so they can control pit pit road speed i'm assuming they just have timing lines put in out there because the commitment cone is literally on the back stretch like you have to be woed down to pit road speed by then yeah it's just it's you know it was something that until like you said because they didn't do it last year and until they announced that they were doing it this year i hadn't even thought about it but like you, there's no room yeah i mean it's just you'd almost be better just be like all right who needs to who needs to pit like everybody raise their hand all right caution come on right. you know i it's one of those it's like it's a it, it'd be a rough ass to try to get these guys to to get down to pit road speed by that point I'm very interested to see how the racing is at Atlanta here, this being the second year. And, you know, last year they were able to stay pretty consistently packed up too wide. Um, we know that this next gen rules package doesn't necessarily lend itself to three wide racing too well. Um, if the super speedways, but I'm interested to see how this surface is after being weathered in for a year. And that's what a lot of people talk about is, you know, in four or five years, it could kind of get back to being like old Atlanta just because of how the, where the track is and the weather that it deals with, um, yeah. the way that it ages. So it's like, how long can we keep this super speedway type racing going there? Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, with that, we'll move on to our picks for the weekend with the Chuck Series race starting off on uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, honestly, I haven't really gave much thought to it. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I know it's a cop out, but I'll go with Zane Smith. I, I just, I don't. To be honest, I don't know. I don't pay attention a ton to the Truck Series. Yeah, and I don't know a ton about you know the drivers and whether they're good or not. So I will just go with Zane. No, it's a cheap pick, but. I'll roll with it. And honestly, any super speedway truck series race is usually a crapshoot anyway because of, and we didn't see it at Daytona because it was rain shortened, obviously, but, you know, whoever survives the wreck or, you know, makes it out of some crazy restart at the end or, you know, goes below the L line. How many no-name winners have we had at Talladega in the truck series over the past oh, couple yeah. of years? And it's yeah. been crazy. Um, I'll go with Ben Rhodes, another guy that's good at super speedways, but again, it's just such a toss-up. You never really know. Yeah. To the Xfinity series on Saturday, uh, Austin Hill won a, the most recent race there um, in July at Atlanta. He's a very good um, super speedway racer, obviously. Ty Gibbs won this race back in the spring. Who gets the win on Saturday? Um, my next, my, my uh, Xfinity and cut picks are going to be a little wild card. Okay. Um, I want to go on Saturday. I'm going to go with Parker Clickerman. Okay. That's, good. That's fair. Guys, click Guys puts himself in a good position. Um, I've been impressed with the way they've ran this year. Um, I know it's early, but I've been impressed with them. So we'll see if he can mix it up with them on Saturday. And I'm assuming the Xfinity Series is bringing the same package that they ran there last year, which 
it was not easy to pass for those cars at all. It was a little more straightforward than say like the cup series race was. So I, I think like the quality of your equipment's going to matter a lot. Uh, again, you had a Gibbs car and an RCR car winning there last year. So um, with how strong JRM has been to start the season and not being able to close the deal, I think they finally get that done this weekend. I'm going to go with your guy, Sam Mayer. And this will probably be the weekend that he wins, but I don't pick him. To the Cup Series on Sunday, the uh, most recent winner at Atlanta, not in the field, obviously, in Chase Elliott. William Byron won this race last year. Three in a row for Willie B.? I don't think so. I it's just it's one of those Atlanta's now become a wild card. If it was old Atlanta, I'd be like, sure, why not with the speed you've got. Um, but this guy almost won it in the, in the summer last year, and I just it would be such a good story if he could win. Corey LaJoy. Okay. And it's been a pretty decent start to the season for Corey LaJoy. Yeah. In fact, I looked earlier with the Hendrick cars getting the hundred point penalties. Corey LaJoy is currently in the playoffs right now. Let. You know, it, just pause for half a second because I'm a huge. I mean, you're, I know you're a big Corey LaJoy fan as well, but yeah, you know, I don't know what the future holds for him, but I hope it's with a big team. Just, just a shot. Well, he does everything that he can do on his end. He puts himself out there. He markets himself well with his own podcast and you know, like his kickball tournament and all this stuff. He is doing everything he can outside of the race car to make himself successful. And we've seen out of the good runs he's had this year and obviously nearly winning that race at Atlanta last year. Like if you give him the opportunity, he can perform for you. Um, and again, I don't know what the future holds for him either, but I'd like to see him get a shot in something decent at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I'm going to stick a little more closer to the vest. Um, I was really impressed with how they ran at Daytona and, you know, had the last caution not came out. We may have been talking about possibly Brad Keselowski winning the Daytona 500 finally. And I think he finally uh, kicks what's almost been a two-year losing streak for him and gets the sixth car back to victory lane on Sunday. Would be cool. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens this weekend. Very busy weekend. You got uh, the racing at Atlanta. It's going to be March Madness. It's It's all over the place. Yeah, big sports weekend for sure. Absolutely. So we'll be back next weekend or next week to uh, break it all down here on the Upspeed Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.